girls children of all ages gather around for the show where they talk talkies it's talking talkies nice billy robinson returning for the last show of the year thank you sir yes uh i guess being fobbed made him uh want to come back i guess i know I mean, we never like officially suspended him or anything he just disappeared for like a month <laughs> so i don't Sounds get it. about right but christopher i did the tally this is our 61st movie of the year. Wow. Even though we've done 52 weeks, we ended up watching 61 movies. We did, double- we did three episodes where there were three movies. Yes, those were big episodes. So, I, I kind of like what we did for Indiana Jones, where we did what, just one a week and dedicated a whole month to it. That was easy. Yeah, it, 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 it it gets weird when there's a movie to prepare for and it's the middle of Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we did it. We did the thing. And uh, we we got plans for next year. We're, we kind of tuned down some of the double shots, but we still have a couple. But they're still there. Uh, but Christmas time! Well, kind of Christmas time. This is, what would you call this? The season finale? Oh, uh, yeah, it's the season finale. But don't worry, because the season premiere is next week. So. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so uh, just stay tuned, because we'll be back. <laughs> so, so we're ending the year with It's a Wonderful Life, which it's a Christmas movie, but it's also not a Christmas movie. So it was the perfect one to do for the week of New Year. Yes, the last half hour of the movie is on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes, but uh, the, the movie itself is not exactly a Christmas movie, but because of where, what happens... It sort of became one, and it got that popularity in the 1980s from television playthroughs, and that's what created it as a Christmas movie. And since Dan and I are both children of the 1980s, well, you see what we did there. Oh, yeah. Hang. So this is Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, that's actually how it's billed, too, as Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. And, of course, it's, yes, Jimmy Stewart. One of the greatest actors of all time. And not the first time we've seen Jimmy Stewart on Talkin' Talkies either. No, because no, he was not only just a favorite of Frank Capra's, but he was a favorite of Alfred Hitchcock's, too. <laughs> yes. So, um, his character's name is George Bailey. Yep. It's Christmas Eve. It's 1945. It's Bedford Falls, New York. And... George is going Which is to actually commit. Seneca Falls, New York. Yeah. Uh, yes. Dan is from New York, so he knows. They made like all the New York New York town references. Oh yeah. They're like Rochester, Elmira, they all got names. Yeah, dropped. they even did Elmira. I was like, jeez. And they didn't talk about like anything in Syracuse at all. Gee. Uh. Sorry. Sorry. Actually, I think we were still they were we were still a salt mining town back then. So. That's okay. It, I, I've seen tons of movies involving New Jersey, and I haven't seen one mention Vernon yet. Well, if I'm going to expect them to mention Constantia, New York, in a movie, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so you're just going to go with Syracuse. So if they mention Syracuse, that that's you know that's where I'll pop. You're like that's home <laughs> until we, until we make a movie where we mention these towns. <laughs> Probably won't happen. Uh, even if I made a movie, it would still just be Syracuse. <laughs> yes. So uh, everybody's praying for George. And why? We don't know. We don't know yet. 
So the greatest special effect in film history comes up next. <laughs> as as two coffee stains start to talk to each other. Yeah, with the backlight. Don't get mad at me, folks. That's the that's the spoof that they've done since this movie came out, is that they were coffee stains. Well, you know, nineteen forty seven is quite a while ago. <laughs> um the whole idea is that they're going to assign an angel to George. His name is Clarence. And he's been around for 200 years, and he still hasn't gotten his wings. He's reading Tom Sawyer. Yeah, they say he's like a big dum-dum, but he's like reading Tom Sawyer and stuff. Yeah. He, he just really, really wants his wings, so they tell him if he can help George, he'll get his wings. So we're going to start to prepare him for what's going to happen. So Joseph, who of course, who else would be in charge there? It was it was either going to be Joseph or like Saint Peter or something. So, but this one they they mentioned him as being Joseph, and he's like, "We're going to watch some flashbacks. This is all going to be important to what happens later." So for an is, hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> yeah, which is great because my wife and I were watching this movie, and when it was over, I'm like, I'm like, I really liked that. She's like, I did too. But and as soon as she said the but, I go. It could have been thirty minutes shorter. She just nods her head. You could, you you could, and I've said this for years now. You could conceivably skip the first hour, come in, and still get it. Yeah, this really could be an hour movie instead of a two-hour movie. Uh, it's still very good. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely one of those movies that throws in a little bit more than it needs to. Well, nineteen forty-seven. So basically, we learned that. George's life is pretty much he never gets to do what he wants to do because he always has to help other people because it's the right thing to do. So he's a nice guy. It's a nice guy. It's a nice guy. For example, when he was 12 years old, he saved his younger brother, Harry, who fell through the ice from drowning. Now, unfortunately, he caught the flu and lost all the hearing in his left ear. Good guy, George. Good guy, George. Yep. So, yeah, like, that's great and all, but, you know, that's the sacrifice that he made. So that's the first thing. Sacrifice. Um, He he saves his his boss when he was a little kid. His boss is, like, working at a pharmaceutical thing, and he's about to make a really— He's like the soda jerk at at the local pharmacy. And the pharmacist gets the telegram that his son died in World War One. No, from the flu. Oh, he just died from the flu. Yeah, because that happened back in the day. So yeah. Nowadays, yeah. it's like I had the flu. I had to go to the hospital, and I'm like, pussy. <laughs> wow. You know, it's so funny. it was like a whole had... episode of, of Parks and Recreation where like half of the cast is in the hospital with the flu, and I'm like, pussies. Chris Traeger. <laughs> He's never been sick before. This is literally the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. Stop pooping. <laughs> That's a good episode. Uh, almost done with that show. One more season to go. Anyway, um... <laughs> So the, the the guy's son died. He's all distraught from this, and he almost poisons himself. And he almost poisons somebody. He's filling the drugs for. Yeah. So, but George stops him. Then he like breaks down and cries after he slaps the kid around a little bit. But and we've seen mostly you know, hit him in the bad ear. But then he started complaining that he was hitting him in the bad ear. I'm like, why don't? Well, he wants yeah, to be completely what, what deaf. What are you gonna do? Damage that ear? <laughs> 
So then he's got a, we start talking about his big dreams. We cut to his graduation in 1928. He's going to travel and he's going to build things. And he loves Mary Hatch. But uh, his Uncle Billy tells him, George, your father's had a stroke. Yeah, so like so. as soon as he falls in love, right, that night, hey, your father's dead. You got to take over the building alone. You can't leave. Yep. I want Bill. one this big. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's definitely like the most Jimmy Stewart in this movie. <laughs> like everybody who ever impersonates Jimmy Stewart, they definitely got this it from funny. this role. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, movie house. Merry Christmas, movie house. <laughs> That's definitely where it comes from. The Jimmy Stewart impression is fun, and it's great to watch a movie like this, because I've never seen this movie, but I'm very familiar with the plot, and I've seen tons of parodies and spoofs of it. And I, I know what the Jimmy Stewart impression is, but after you see this movie, so many jokes start to come in. Like the time there, uh, Bart instigates the fight at the bank during the teacher strike on The Simpsons, and the little Jimmy Stewart guy comes out and goes, I don't have your money, it's a friend's house and Bill's house, and they start attacking each other. I'm like, oh man, I get that now. Oh, like I, God. I got it was a Jimmy Stewart joke, but I didn't get the significance of it until I saw this movie. And then it also culminates in the day he gets married is the day the depression starts. Yeah, seriously, every time something good happens, something bad happens. So he didn't get to travel the world. He didn't get to even go to college. Yeah, he gave up his European trip, and he gave his college money to his brother. Now, it worked out great for his brother. Because he became a war hero in WW2. Yep, and he saved a bunch of people's lives. Shot out a bunch of enemy planes. One was doing a kamikaze run. Harry. Yep. He has to use the money that he saved for their honeymoon to weather a bank run. Which is that the beginning of the Depression. Yep. Uh, he starts Bailey Park, which is an affordable housing project. But uh, we, we also have uh, evil Mr. Potter. Mr. Henry Potter. Potter. Henry Potter. Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. Yes, he's richer yes, than he'll ever be. <laughs> he's, the, he's the richest and also the meanest guy in town. He like swats away poor people. And when we first meet him, he's being he's being rolled around in like an elegant wheelchair. Have you seen the? Uh, it was an episode of SNL from like the early '90s. I'm pretty sure, and it was hosted by uh, William Shatner. And it was the the infamous missing extra scene from "It's a Wonderful Life." I don't think so. It's the very end of the movie. It's hilarious, and then. When uh, <laughs> Mr. Potter comes back and they realize he can still walk, so everyone just beats the fuck out of him <laughs> and finds out that he had, he, he, he had the money. Oh, it's great. Oh, that's, that is pretty funny. He had the money the whole time, yeah. So Potter is losing tenants, so he's hiring them away. He even offers him, hey, I'll give you a huge salary, which is like, it was like $20,000, which is less than I make now. Yeah. It was, Which is hilarious. Because he was making uh, $45 a week. Yeah. Well, as soon as he said that, he's like, I'll give you a salary of $20,000. He like flips out over that. And I'm sitting there watching. I go, that's less than I make. Jeez, that's not going to buy you anything. Oh, uh, yeah, 1940s. That'll buy you quite a bit. 
I'll buy you everything, and I'll get you the the biggest, nicest house in Bedford Falls. Yep, he even gets to go on business trips to New York, even sometimes to Europe. And then he realizes but, it's just another evil ploy. Yeah, so he rejects that. Oh, no way, Potter! Uh, George wants to enlist in World War II, but he can't because of his ear. So that's the thing. Yeah, so he can't fight. Yeah, so he won't be fighting. But he fought the Battle of Bedford Falls. Yes, but uh, Harry got the Medal of Honor. Yeah, because he shot down a bunch of enemy planes. Yep. He was a pilot. So, I'll pilot. Um, I'll fly. I'll fly. I'm pilot. I'll pilot. Hey, we're going to do that this year. 2016, that's going to be something. But uh, it, on Christmas Eve, the morning of 1945, the town has this huge hero's welcome for Harry. Well, Uncle Billy goes to Potter's Bank to deposit eight grand for the building and loan. And Potter shows up and he feels the need. Harry, the uncle feels the need to glow over Harry's success and that he is a hero and that he is a good old boy. Yep. Pardon? And guess what? He leaves his money behind, and Potter just he, being a he puts jerk. the envelope in the newspaper and like shoves it at Potter. <laughs> what a dumb dumb! Yeah, so that's really the uh, the real issue here because when George finds out, he completely loses it. He flips out at his uncle. He goes home. He flips out on his family because he's gonna be. It's all over. He's going to be arrested. He's going to go to. He's going to go to federal pommy in the ass prison. <laughs> yes, federal pommy in the ass prison. We got to review that movie sometime. <laughs> and yeah, because Potter, but Potter makes the call to him. I'm like, I think you're missing money, aren't you? Which happens to coincide with the. Also, that day is when the bank examiner's there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course, because so when it rains, it pours. Yep. So, of course, he tries to get a loan from Potter. And Potter tells him his life insurance policy makes him worth more dead than alive. So he drinks a bunch and then decides he's going to jump off the bridge. Yep. At Martini's, his buddy's bar. After he, crash, he crashes his tree drunkenly, or he crashes his car drunkenly into a tree, and some guy starts flipping out at him because it's his grandfather's tree, because, you know... Oh, that was my, you know, that was my grandfather's tree. He planted that. Let's not care if the guy who just had the car accident's okay or not. So he, uh, he goes to the bridge and he's about to commit suicide. And Clarence jumps in. So once he sees that Clarence is in the water, he jumps in to save the man. And that's when we find out, no, he didn't save me. I jumped in to save him. Of course, the guys, the guy that's in there is just like, ah, uh, what? Do what now? What are you talking about? Clarence tells George, I'm your guardian angel. And he's trying to, trying to kind of cheer him up and everything until George is just like, well, everybody would be better if I wasn't born. So Clarence goes, all right, let's show you what life was like without you. And so now all the little things in the first hour. <laughs> they, they actually come back and mean something now. Uh, Bedford Falls is no longer Bedford Falls. It's now Pottersville. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's cocktail bars and casinos and gentlemen's clubs. 
Uh, Bailey Park isn't even a park. It's a graveyard. It's just the graveyard now. So, of course, he uh, he goes into the bar to get a drink, but nobody knows him there because he's never been born. And Martini doesn't own the bar. Nick goes to the bar. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know you before. Why keep calling? Why keep calling me the boss? He's uh, but also his hearing comes back because he was never born. And Zuzu's petals are gone. Yeah, his his daughter put little flower petals in his pocket after her flower was dying. So he's uh, he's basically freaking out right now. He tries freaking out, man. The, uh, the the local cop who's friends with him has been uh, to his yeah. wedding. Bert and Ernie, duh. Yeah, Bert and Ernie. Bert the cop and, er- and Ernie the cab driver. Yep. And they don't know him. His uh, his own mother doesn't know him. Now she's working in a boarding house. Well, yeah, she just has the boarding house, yeah. Yeah, he finds out that his father's business failed due to Uncle Billy's incompetence. He's got his friends are, you know, his friends are like drunks and panhandlers. Now, Mr. Gower came back and he did accidentally kill that kid. Yeah. Because no one stopped him. Yep. His brother died in the ice. And so did all the servicemen in the war because Harry wasn't there to save them. And then, of course, in the most because this is the 1940s, we have the sexist joke. Which is, you're not going to like what happened to your wife, George. She's an old maid. She never married. And she's about to close up at the library. Oh, my God. She's smart. What a horror. So, basically, that's just it. Like, he, he freaks out. And now he's screaming that he wants to live. So, all of a sudden, the snow starts up again. And that's when the cop shows up and he's like, are you all right, George? Bart, you know my name. You know who I am. Merry Christmas. And that's where he runs around town. Merry Christmas, old Billy alone. (laughs) He's so happy to see his crashed car. He's happy to see everything. (laughs) And the authorities are actually waiting there to arrest him when he gets home. He's so happy to see them, too. I'm going to jail, aren't I? Oh, I, I, I'm going to jail. Oh, and the and the, the joke that they use in Christmas Vacation with the bedpost. Yep. Where, where when it breaks off, he's mad at it, but now he's so happy to be back in his home that he, uh, he kisses it and puts it back. But Mary and Uncle Billy rallied the townspeople. And they come up with the money just in time so he can pay off All they knew is that old George was in trouble and they're going to do what they can. And then Harry toasts the richest man in town. And we all sing as George weeps with his wife and children. And then comes the, the, the famous final scene when the bell rings and his daughter says, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings... An angel gets its wings. And then in the pile of money is a copy of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. With a, with a note from Clarence. He's like, that a boy, Clarence? That a boy? And we have our feel-good moment. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, feel-good moments, here's some fun trivia for this movie. Um, the high school gym where he's dancing, and they open it up to reveal a swimming pool to screw with him. 
Well, that was a real thing. It was at Beverly Hills High School in Los Angeles. Go figure that Beverly Hills went out of the high school with the automatic gym floor that opens into a swimming pool. But I love the fact that everybody starts falling in. They're all like, oh, that looks like fun. So they all start jumping in. And then the guys who opened it are like, yeah, let's do this, too. We were doing this to troll a guy. <clears throat> so the scene where they're uh, they're throwing rocks at the Granville house, Donna Reed throws one. And Frank Capper hired a marksman to shoot it out for her on cue. But she made it anyway because she played baseball in high school. Everybody was astonished by that. She played baseball in high school back in the 30s? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stats from this movie, when Uncle Billy <laughs> drunkenly leaves the Bailey home, it sounds as if he stumbles onto some trash cans on the sidewalk. What actually happened was a crew member dropped a large tray of props right after Thomas Mitchell went off screen. So James Stewart starts laughing, and Mitchell quickly improvised the, I'm all right, I'm okay, line. And director Frank Capra was like, oh, this is great. I'm using this as the final cut. And then he gave the stagehand a $10 bonus for improving the sound. <laughs> um, the reason why the close-up of Jimmy Stewart in the bar praying is a little grainy is because Frank Capra reframed it to get a closer look at the expression on Stewart's face because... As soon as he starts to pray, Jimmy Stewart started to cry for real, and he wanted to just use that take. So he's like, screw it, I'm, we're not redoing this, I'll just frame it. I think that's good, correcting a problem. Jimmy Stewart says of all the films that he has ever made, this one is his favorite. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And Frank Capra has also said that this was his favorite of all of his own films. However, it was a flop when it premiered in theaters, but became insanely successful in subsequent showings, which we already kind of discussed. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> in the original script, Clarence confronts Peter Potter about what he did to George. It was to take place right after Potter yelled and Happy New Year to you too in jail. I kind of wish they had left that in. In jail? <clears throat> How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? <clears throat> Alright. Well, that was going to wrap up It's a Wonderful Life. It's also going to wrap up 2015 for Season 1 of Talk and Talkies, which has concluded. And we're going to start Season 2 with an all-request month. We had uh, four weeks here in January to fill up with films, and we got four requests from four different listeners. Next week's film is going to be Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Requested by Ellis Holmes, a regular on the Club Kayfabe podcast, and also just did an episode of Jersey Rain, as well as a roundtable with me, Dan, all about the Star Wars. Uh, next week after that, we're going to review Scarface, the Al Pacino version, of course. Request from our listener, Jan Batista, because his birthday is that week, so we let him do a request for his birthday, which we might do for you, too, as long as it doesn't confront or uh, conflict with anything we have planned. A week after that is Fanboys, requested by Matt Hardman. And the week after that is the Super Mario Brothers movie, of course, requested by Mike Irizarry of the Pie Crust, Dan's old podcast. 
which I feel like he just did that to troll us. Yeah, well. But, all right, yeah, we'll review the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'll rip it apart, <laughs> but I'll certainly review it. And then, of course, stay tuned for the second annual and also final Mel Brooksuary in February. Maybe when Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money actually happens. We'll do more Mel Brooks movies, indeed. And uh, it's starting in March and a couple of couple of weeks down the line, we've got some plans for prep movies like we did last year. Um, the next big anticipation movie for the two of us is Deadpool, but there's really nothing to prep for. So we're going to leave Mel Brooks, you untouched. And head into March, where we have a few slots open still. So if you have any requests, you can send them in. But get ready, because we're going to be doing prep work for Batman v Superman, which comes out at the end of March. So hopefully, y'all will still be tuning in then. Yeah. So uh, join us for 2016 for Season 2 of Talk and Talkies. I am Chris. That is Dan. Thank you, Billy Robinson, for returning. And I guess we're going to see you guys... Next week for the season premiere. Season premiere? That's such a quick turnaround. It is. Best turnaround ever. Bye. See ya.